This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Yud Bey's Pasuk Yud Gimel in Parshas Baloscha. I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite psukim. And we have some crazy stories with this. Vayitak Moshe al Hashem Lemor. Moshe Rabbeinu cried out to Hashem saying when he saw that Miriam had Saras and that um, Aaron asked Moshe Rabbeinu to daven for Miriam. He said, Kelna Rifanala. God, please heal her now. Kelna Rifanala. Now we have to understand exactly why I'm translating one na is please and the other one is now. It's also amazing that a tefillah this powerful only takes 11 letters. That's amazing. 11 letters altogether. Can you imagine if a guy got up to Davin Shachos one morning and all he did was he got up there and he's like, Kel no Ravon Allah, and he's done. <laughs> he's out. And that was the end. It's amazing. It would be the, not the best davening ever. The best davening ever is the longest davening on Yom Kippur. But one of the best davenings ever, right? It says where Victor Miller asked the question, he says, why does, did Moshe delay in davening for Miriam until Aaron asked him to do so. I don't have to say, I'll know, see, he can maze, she shouldn't be like a dead person, right? Why wouldn't he just do this on his own? Could he not figure this out? Could he not realize that Miriam needed his tefillos? So he answers, Moshe Rebbein knew that everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is for a lesson to be learned. There has to be a lesson learned in every situation. And he would not interfere in that. If Miriam was supposed to get Saras, then Miriam's supposed to get Saras. That's what's supposed to happen. There is no reason for Moshe Rebbein to stop that. When Hashem wants her to stop, then she'll stop getting Saras. That's how it is. Only after Aaron, who was a spokesman for himself and for Miriam, said, we got the lesson, we understood it. We don't need to be chastised anymore. We don't need the Saras anymore. We got the lesson. Then Moshe Rabbeinu cried out to Hashem that she should be healed. That's where this Pasuk comes in, where he realized, okay, now they got it. Aaron and Miriam got it. Now we'll go on. So the Ibn Ezra says in translation, he says both times he uses the Pasuk no as now. You should know there's somebody that says a little bit different in this. The Sharia and learns it a little bit differently. But the way I understood the Ibn Ezra, he's saying it now. You're a God right now who has the power to do anything. So heal her now. So heal her now. That's how he translates it. He was certainly in pain, right? You can imagine Moshe Rabbeinu seeing his sister sitting with Saras, which is why the Pesach says the word Vayitzak. He cried out. He was so upset. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what is this happening for? Please heal her so she doesn't have to go through another second of suffering. The Sforno, however, he says that the first Nuz, please, and the second one is now. Don't allow her to be embarrassed by sending her out of the camp like a regular Mitzorah. Don't let that happen. Heal her now so that she doesn't have to go outside of the camp itself. That's brought by the Chizkuni, the Dazikanim, the Barbanel, the Shach, the Malbim, Victor Miller. They all say the exact same thing. And that thing is that this is what we want right now. We want you to heal her so that she doesn't have to do it later. Now in the end, Moshe Rabbeinu was told, no. She'll be healed, but at least for seven days she'll be sent out of the camp. Fourteen days of what she deserves, but seven days at least, that's what she has to go through in order for that to be. The Orachim HaKadosh says the exact same thing. He says, Kel is a shame of Rachamim. Like we say, Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachum, Bechanun. That's how we do it. Kel is a shame of Rachamim. He was trying to invoke trying to appease Hashem to listen to his filah by using that word as a preamble, to be able to say, Kel na, please, God, please, with the shame of Rachamim, refan Allah, get, help, heal her, please. And the Rabbeinu Bachaya says, we see this from a different couple psukim. Chesed kel kolayom, that's in Tehillim Nun. Kel no se'a yisolahem, 
right? Kel no se Yisalem is in Nun Beis Gimel. Those ideas of where Kel represents an idea of Rachamim, and then the Na is pleased to get it done, that's the concept behind it. The Abarbanel says 11 letters all together to show you how close Moshe Rabbeinu was to Hashem, that he knew what to ask, he was able to do it, he was able to do it immediately. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's response was immediate. He deserves seven days, she deserves seven days, and that sequestering in the side because she did do something wrong, from there we'll take it to another idea. Shlomo, what were you going to say before? It's a great question. I don't have a real answer to that question. Why Aleph Lamid is more of a Shem Arachamim in this case than it was than Yudke Vavke. It's a great question. I just don't know these types of things. So I, I don't have an answer for it. Make it makes golem, sense. When I, right, when I make a golem or two. Then I can get back to it. No, but this is a different issue. I honestly don't know. It seems that Kel is the right name for this, but why would take a lot of studying on what Hashem Hashem Kel Racham Achanan is referring to. Why specifically that name? And I just don't know it. I just don't have it. But again, yes, if I would, if I would be able to do a golem, then I probably would be able to, probably be able to figure things out. I'd be able to do it. Rashi says, this Pusik teaches us how to daven properly. You see it? you got to daven properly this way. Kill no refund law. If you need something from your friend, you need something from your friend, you should start with two or three, says Rashi, two or three supplications and then ask for it. Like Moshe Rabbeinu did here where he said, Kel no. Kel is begging for mercy. No is please, please. And then he got to his request, refund Allah. And we do that, right? We do avos, gevura, and ke- Kedusha, right? We do Baruch HaToshem Egin Abraham, we do Baruch HaToshem Echayim Mason, Baruch HaToshem Echayim Kadosh, and then we start our request. Says Rashi, that's how every tefillah should be, and we're learning it from Moshe Rabbeinu. You want to daven? You have to daven by asking first, saying first to HaKadosh Baruch you are awesome, and then afterward you can then go into your actual tefillah. That sounds like these two words were just mentioning God's greatness. First we mention the grace, and then we do after that, and that's all it is. There's nothing more than that. By Birchas Kohanim, we do the same thing. You know that huge Yehi Rutsun that we say? We say, you're the one that healed Chizki Omel. You're the one that did this. You're the one that did that. So therefore, answer our requests and allow our dreams to be done in a good way. It's the same idea. The base Yeshaya, it's a new saver I just got, he says, these two words really stand for Hashem Sfosai Tiftach. That's really what we're saying. Hashem, open up my lips so that my lips can speak your praise. That's what we're doing. Open up my mouth, allow me to say what I want to say, and I really want to do it. It's as if that's what Kelna is trying to do. I don't know how to daven properly. I don't know how to ask for things in the best possible way. But a Baruch Hu, if you help me, if you tell me what to say, then I'll be able to do it. That's the idea behind it. And that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do over that's how the Beis Yeshaya says. And he used Na twice. One to start off Hashem Sivasai and the other one for his actual request. Kel Na, allow it to be opened up, and also Rifan Allah, allow everything to happen in the right way. Surprisingly, the Be'er Basada says the two Tchinos here is the word Na being used twice. Not Kel, but Na Na is two ways to supplicate before Hashem. You should beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu in two different ways and do that that way. Then it Siv says... We don't know the actual tefillah. It might look like Kel Na Rafal Na was the prayer, but this is more of a, like a condensed version of what Moshe Rabbeinu actually said. What did Moshe Rabbeinu actually say? He may have gone on for, for, for an hour. We have no idea. But the Tam Tzisadavr, the end goal of what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted was Kel Na Rafal Na That was the idea of what he wanted, not anything more than that. 
so I don't even know if the words, according to the Nitziv, I don't know if Kilna Rafan Allah would actually work. I don't even know if it would work. If a guy would get up and say, Kilna Rafan Allah, I don't know if Akash Baruch would answer that because maybe you need more than that and this is just the idea of what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying but not the actual words of what Hashem was saying. That's how the Nitziv puts it. I'm not sure. Yeah. You're right, but I don't know if you mamish meant that a short tefillah has to be 11 letters, 5 words, or if Rabbi Akiva means by that that you see that tefillah can be shorter, it doesn't have to be so long. You hear what I'm saying? It's possible he doesn't require that as much. I don't know. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. The Tzroa Moore says that there were different parts to his tefillah. Right now, even though she did something wrong, remember that she's a tzaddikis. She's also an isha. I don't want to go into this next part, but you can read it in the sheet itself. And therefore, because of that, she might not be royal for a punishment of this. And that's Kelna and Rafana Allah, which is an interesting line. But the Rabbinu Ephraim says from here that we learn, if you daven for someone who's sick, you do not need to mention her name. You know that? You don't need to mention her name. And it's actually a Gemara and Brachos, Lamed Dalet that if you're davening for someone who's sick, there is no need to mention the name of the, of the person that you're davening for. You don't have to do it. Now, it sort of sounds like the Torah more in a way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, the Torah Tamima says it's obvious, based on that Gemara, it's obvious that's only true when the person you're davening for is right there. If the person you're davening for is in the room, like Moshe was in front of Miriam, he was just able to say, Kel na rafan Allah, because she's right there. That's pretty obvious in of itself. But if the person's not there, then you must mention her name. And he mentions that based on the Magin Avram in Simen Kuf Yud Tes Sif Katan Aleph. It's brought by the Mishnah Bura in Sif Katan Beis. If the person's there, you don't need to mention their name. If the person's not there, you do need to mention their name. The Chassam Sofer in Idarim, Mem Amad Aleph, says, listen to this. If the sick person is there, don't mention their name. It's actually worse if you mention their name. This is how the Chassam Sofer puts it, because it reminds Hashem that they're sick. So it's almost like an accusation on them. Look at this sick person who deserved to get sick. Says the Chassam Sofer, don't do it. If the person's right there, don't even mention the name. Yalku Ruveni and Parsh Vayera, Seder Apartes, that's from Rashi, and Simon Resh Pei Zion, and Rebel Yashiv, <laughs> quite a bit of distance in between those but by the way, was quoted that says you can, even though the Chassam Sofer says you cannot, but if you are in the room, you are allowed to say out loud that person's name. We do do that. It's so interesting. The Degel Machna Ephraim, the Baal Shem Tov's grandson, in his Sefer, says, he asks this question. He says, why didn't they, Moshe Rabbi, you know, mention Miriam's name? Kel na refa na le Miriam. It's not that hard, right? Why not mention the name if it's right there anyway? You know what the Degel Machna Ephraim says? This is what he says. He says, he did. That's it. That's all he says. He did. In Kelna, he mentioned it. And then he stops. He doesn't say anything else. So it took a little bit of work, but I found it. Rifa na. The words Rifa na is the gematria of 332. It's the gematria of Miriam and Yocheved. Because she was Miriam Bas Yocheved. The Ger Rebbe asks why the Bas is not mentioned there. Why not mention the Bas? Because Miriam Bas Yocheved. What about the Bas? And he says, it's hinted into the word kel, which stands for the Shechina. And again, Shlomo, you asked me before, why kel instead of Yudkei Vavkei? That might be the reason why. Why is kel bas? Why do they connect with each other? I don't know. Ask your local Kabbalist, because I have absolutely no idea. But kel is bas, 
and then Rifa Na, or Na Rifa, whichever you want to go with, is Miriam and Yocheved, and that's how it goes through. One time, Revava Mordechai of Ger and Meir Yechiel of Astroa, they were both together, Astrova, I'm sorry, they were both together, and Meir Yechiel said to the Ger Rebbe, he said, I need you to daven for me. So he gave him his name and his mother's name to the Ger Rebbe to daven for him to have a Rafu Shlema. So the Ger Rebbe was shocked and said, the Gemara Brachos, I don't need to know your name. I just have to say a refuah, and I don't need your name for it. What do I need your name for? Rameir Yechiel answered, Moshe did mention Miriam's name because he said, Kelna Rifan and Rifan is the Gematria of Miriam and Yochevet. So he did mention the name. So you do have to mention the person's name when you daven for them, even if the person's right there in front of you, against the Chsam Sofer. And that's what they would hold. I have no idea if there's a difference between Hasidim and Chassam Sofer Hasidim. Meaning the Sofers are an entirely different type of Hasidus. That they live near Matisdorf, etc. It's they're Hasidim, but they're not like it's a different type. So I don't know if they do this differently because the Chassam Sofer says not to say it, and other people do, like Rabbi Chiel. I have absolutely no idea. But what an unbelievable line! Rabbi Doctor Dove Rosenfeld told this story to Rav Yitzchok Zoberstein and said the following, and it's a beautiful story. A relative of his needed immediate surgery, so he's wheeled in to a place in Tel Aviv. Now, I, th- I think it was Ichilov. Usually when they talk about hospitals in Tel Aviv, they usually go with Ichilov. So either way, regardless, right? And they brought in a Frum doctor from Haifa to do it. So the Frum doctor from Haifa went up to the person who he was doing surgery on before they wheeled him in, and he said to him, what's your name and what's your mother's name? Right, so the guy had no idea. He's not thinking. You know, he's about to go into surgery, and the doctor's asking him. He's like, maybe he wants to make sure that my mind is there. I don't know. So he told him his name and his mother's name, thinking like that was just a cognitive thing that he needed to do. Right? The doctor then went to the corner and started saying to Hillam and Amisha Barach for him before he started the surgery to be able to say it. So time out. He did mention his name, even though he's right there in front of him. Okay, that, that's one. But I don't know if we can pass him like that doctor, because I don't know who he is, right? But either way, he did that, and he did that. But what an unbelievable doctor. What an unbelievable doctor. I have no doubt that the surgery was successful. It would stink if the end of that story is that the surgery didn't work. <laughs> but Baruch Hashem, it worked, and it seems like that, that I, I can't even imagine. Can you imagine that happening? Before you get your, your COVID shots, the doctor or the nurse that's administering the shots says to you, what's your name and your mother's name? See, you say it. Listen, I did the I said that before I got the shots. That I 100% said. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I don't want to get into that machlokas right now because I'm not a big enough posik to be able to do it. But don't. But uh, it, there's no problem. But the Yirat zone, right? But the Yirat zone, for sure you can say. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. The, 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 the Yirat zone, for sure you can say. There's no question you can say the Yirat zone. Why are you asking me this? The Yirat zone, for sure you can say, so you should say it. But can you imagine if your doctor, the person administered, says to you right before and says to you, what's your name? And Davin's for you before you go into surgery, before he does the surgery. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. What? Do you have a question? Um, I would do it for, yes. I would do it even for an Anju. If there's an Anju who's getting it, I would do the Yirat Why not? If You'd have to say that. That should be perfectly fine. Yeah, I should think that's fine. Why didn't he daven a longer tefillah? Why didn't he say a longer tefillah? Why wouldn't it be there? So Rashi gives two reasons. Klau Yisrael wouldn't have to say that his sister's sick. His sister is Saras. 
And Moshe Rabbeinu's like sitting there like, oh, like going around. Like, if anything, you should do it quickly so that she's healed quickly. That's number one. And maybe that's even why he didn't mention his, his sister's name. He wanted to do the quickest tefillah possible. And in that sense, Kelna Rafanala, not like the Nativ, was the actual tefillah. He didn't even want to say Kelna Rafanala Miriam because it was three extra letters. That's why he didn't do it. Three extra letters, he didn't want to say it. That's a possibility. Okay? But there's a second reason. So they wouldn't say that for her he's willing to daven such a long tefillah. But for us, he's not willing to daven such a long tefillah. That, by the way, is a ridiculous statement. He davened for Klai Yisrael by the Egel Azov for 40 days and 40 nights in Shemayim, right? Remember, the second 40, or 40 days, 40 nights for the first Luchos, the third 40 days, 40 nights for the second Luchos, and the middle 40 days, 40 nights where he's davening for them. So that's ridiculous that this would be, I, that can't be. But regardless, regardless, he didn't want them to say that, so therefore he davened a really short tefillah, even for his sister. Miam says, even though that might prove some might think, oh, he must be angry at his sister because she spoke Lashon Hara about him. That's why she got sick. So maybe he's like, oh, kill no Rafanala. Clearly that's not so. Clearly he cared because Vayitzak, he cried out. He was upset. And it, and it worked. So clearly that's not it. That wouldn't have been a problem whatsoever. That's me, I'm the ways. That Rukas Abosim brings down, says this idea based on the Ramban in Chukas Parachat Pasachas. When Moshe Rabbeinu seemed to say he could not make water come from inanimate rock, when really the whole world, even inanimate objects, have to fulfill the will of a tzaddik, and they have to do everything he says through the power of Torah. That's why Moshe need, felt the need to daven such a short tefillah, so that everyone would know it was through his koach Torah that it was happening, his koach Torah. That's the idea. It wasn't, it's funny, not through tefillah necessarily, but through my Torah that I'm allowing this to happen. There's an amazing arugas abosam that also goes through the difference between Eliyahu Hanavi and Elisha Hanavi. That Eliyahu Hanavi was zocha to everything that he did, his miracles, through learning. And Elisha got it through davening. Elisha had more miracles. But Eliyahu Hanavi's were the ones that were broke through the world. It was the first time that those miracles ever happened. So it's a question of how to do things. They both work. To do it through tefillah and to do it through Torah, both work. It's just a question of how to do it. What's the best possible way of doing it for each person? Moshe Benu felt his koach Torah was greater than his koach tefillah, and therefore he allowed it to be through that. That's what he did for the Imre Noam. Wonders why this is the question in the first place. Why are you asking about whether or not it was a quick, quick tefillah or not? Hashem answered him. It was answered, right? It sounds, sounds like there wasn't even a moment in between the two of them for him to be marach and tefillah. He said, kel no Allah. Maybe he wanted to say more, but immediately Miriam lost her tzaras. It sounds like it happened just like that, and you didn't have to worry about anything whatsoever. That's certainly what it sounds like. So he points out that Rashi seems to be out of order. It's interesting. First, Rashi explains kel na rifa, and then he explains lemor. When really, it's interesting, right? Because it says, Vayitzak Moshe Hashem lemor. Kel no so he goes through Lamor only after he explains Kel no Rafa. If you've noticed, I did the same thing. When going through these Rashis, I went through the first Rashi, which is on Kel no Rafa. And then there's another Rashi on the word Lamor. Why is it out of order? That's the question that he asked, Emory Noam asked. He says, it must be. It would seem really strange to ask Hashem to answer your tefillah before you daven, because Lamor is, tell me back that I'm answered, as we'll go through in a second. Isn't it strange to say, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, answer me when I finish my prayer, and then say his prayer? Shouldn't it be, give your prayer, and then say to Hashem, can you please give me an answer afterward? That would make the most sense. So it was put out of order in a different way. If so, it must be he finished his tefillah after five words, and he didn't wait, he 
wanted to, and he didn't want to wait. It's clear he didn't want to wait because he said Lamor right afterward. Now, let's get into that for a second. If that's true, what does the Lamor actually mean? Typically, the word is used to say to say to other people. Vayadaber Hashem el Moshe Lamor. Say this over to the people itself. If it was just to Moshe, it would be Vayadaber Hashem el Moshe. And that does happen in the Torah. Vayadaber Hashem el Moshe, Vayadaber Hashem el Aaron. It does not have to be Lamor. Lamor means to say it to other people. In fact, for those who want to hear me, Asher, my Navi Shir, we came up to the first Pusik, the only Pusik in the entire Torah that starts with a Lamor. That starts with Lamor. There's no other parak like it in the entire... It's Perik Gimel Pasigalov, yeah, which starts with the Lamor. We thought it might be an extension, right. right? There are other answers given. There were Dak, Rashi, etc. But it's a strange thing to start with the word Lamor. Over here it's also... The wording is... Vayitzak Moshe Hashem Lamor? Who's God going to tell this to? What's he saying? So Rashi says, Moshe's saying to Hashem, tell me if I'm being answered or not. Tell me if this is going to happen or not. Can you imagine saying that to God? You get up there, you take your three steps back, you do your Hashem Sosai Tiftach, right? And you finish your Shemona Esrei, all of a sudden you're like, all right, God, tell me yes or no. I just want to know yes or no. How dare you? Who gives you the goal to do that? Yeah, and Moshe Rabbeinu did that it. always happening? With, but that Moshe Rabbeinu asked for you. You daven. Yeah. And you're saying... Yes or no? If it happens, yes. But you don't demand, but you're not demanding a request. That's true. Obviously, it's either going to happen or not. Yeah. But you're not demanding a request. Moshe Rabbeinu saying, I want you to tell me back yes or no. You have to tell me yes or no. And she's asking Hashem, who does that? And, Moshe, and Hashem answered. For if she would spit in her father's face, wouldn't she be ashamed for seven days? Or her father would spit in her face, wouldn't she be ashamed for seven days? So at least she should have 14 days, I'll lower it to seven. But Hashem answered, because Moshe Rabbeinu asked him to answer. So he answered. It's super strange. It really is strange. Now the truth is, this is not the only time. There are three times, three other times, when Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem to answer him. Number one, in Shmos Vav Yud Beis where he says to Hashem, why did you send me? Tell me why you sent me to save the people if you're not planning on sending the people. And that's where Hashem answers. That's Vaira. In Vaschanan, he asks if he's going to Eretz. I want to know, am I going to Eretz or not? And Hashem said, no, you're not going. I'm saying the word, Pasuk wrong. And also in Pimchas Chav Zayin Tesvav, where he said, who's going to be the next leader of Klal Yisrael? Who's going to be the next leader? And a Kaddish Baruch who answered him, it's Yoshua, not your sons. Three other times he asked it, and all three times a Kaddish Baruch who responded to Moshe's plea. But what gives Moshe Rabbeinu the right? And why did he feel he needed it? Why did he need it? This was so necessary that he had to say to a Kaddish Baruch I need you to answer me now. Just daven again. What's the big deal? If she's sick, then daven again. Daven a third time. Daven a fourth time. Daven a twenty times. Why does he have to know? Sayyela Sashachar asks, what could Moshe have done if Hashem had not healed her? Let's say Hashem would have said, no, I'm not healing her. Then what? So he answers, then he would heal her himself. You hear that? Moshe would have healed her himself. There's a Medrash Rabban Parsky Seitze that he was made into a doctor by Hashem and that Moshe had the, had the ability to heal anyone at any time. And therefore, he could have done it. I would have thought that he would have just davened longer and harder. But he says he would have done it himself. If a Kaddish Baruch would have said no, then Moshe Benu would have said, it's my sister, I'm doing it, and I'm going to do it right now. 
an unbelievable line. And that's why you have to ask. Tell me yes or no. If it's yes, great. And if it's no, I got this. <laughs> I can do this. It's unbelievable. Moscow Ladovit says it could be Rashi answered this in another way as well by saying this is how a person should dive into the future when doing something. Listen to this. Moshe cried out to Hashem, Lamor, guys, listen to me. If this happens in the future, you have someone who's sick who needs to be davened for. This is what you do. Do this and it'll work. Isn't that awesome? HaKadosh Baruch who's telling, or Moshe Rabin, who's telling us how to daven and allow ourselves to be answered. The Baiser Shai says the exact same thing. And the Miam Loez says an unbelievable thing. He says, from here we learn, when you daven for someone else to get a refuah, you have to daven out loud and not to yourself. You cannot just say it to yourself. You have to speak out loud. I don't like this, and I know that people do this. I'm not sure where the Makor is for this, where people say, and then everybody does their own chola. I do not think that's a good idea. The cholim should be mentioned out loud, and the mishaberach, maybe the cholim you can mention quietly because of a kitru, but the mishaberach should be done out loud, and it should be said out loud. If the person is just thinking it, if a person's thinking it in the crowd, and he's just adding it on to that, I'm sorry? I, I, not, the whole Misha Barak should be done out loud. If, I'm, if somebody's doing the Misha Barak in front, right, and I'm just throwing in a name, but I'm not going up to him, I'm just doing it on my own, and then the guy up there is going to, you know, say the rest of the Misha Barak himself, you should say the Misha Barak out loud so that somebody's answering a main, because I, I find it unbelievably strange that it works. Like, like, that's totally different, though. That's a ki- that's kiddish where we have halakhos of how to be motzi others. This isn't being motzi others. This is a tefillah. And all I'm doing is saying, I don't know, let's say Avram, Bas, uh, Avram Ben Saro. That's all I'm doing. Why, why in the world does that work? Because he's saying a Mishaberach? Again, I don't know where the makor is for this, where somebody will do that, maybe to save time. I don't know why we're, that works to save time. Just say the Mishaberach yourself along with the rabbi, whoever's doing it. Say it yourself. And then you'll say, Avram ben And then when you finish, say it out loud, Ben Omar Amains, that everybody who's answering Amain in the show along with the rabbi, whoever's saying it, will do it with you. I've just never gotten it. I'm sorry? Shimon Esther, you don't have a choice, right? Because in Shimon Esther, that's a powerful feeler where you're right in front of a Kodesh Baruch, you're saying, Baruch Atah Hashem. You're saying Atah. Right, yeah, so that's, that's a possibility that you're supposed to say to yourself because clearly that's, Hashem is right there with you. It's like you're whispering in Hashem's ears. So that's a totally different idea. But the Misha Berach, I think, for sure, should be that way, yeah. That's okay. I mean, there, there are, there are men hugging that way. That's a, there are men hugging that way. But whether or not you should do that, that's men hugging. That, that deals with men hugging where you put all together and then all together. Maybe it's to keep them separate, you know, so I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Maybe there's a McCor behind it, but that's already a min hug. This, I don't know how this became something, and this was never a minhug. It started very recently. I, I just don't know where the McCor is for that. And maybe that's the laymore. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Not just so everybody knows, but say it out loud so everybody knows. And the Rabbeinu B'chayah says exactly this in Brachos, Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph. He says, someone who davens has to use his lips to pronounce it out loud. You have to be able to say it out loud to be able to do it. Listen, we know by Shemona Asher you're supposed to be able to hear yourself speak. This is even more so. Okay, there's an Orachai Makadosh here. There's a Miam Loez, an Alshech, an Orachai Makadosh, another one. I'm going toward the bottom over here, everybody. It says, once a Bakr saw the Chafetz Chaim walking outside the city of Radin, you know, where he was, not the Rav, but he was the Chafetz Chaim. Let's call him the Chafetz Chaim. Okay, he went into a forest. 
So obviously, if you saw the Chavetz Chaim walking by himself into a forest, what do you think you're doing? I don't care what else you're doing. <laughs> you are following the Chavetz Chaim wherever he goes. So he went to him, and he went after him. The Chavetz Chaim did not know he was there. Chavetz Chaim watched, he, he walked into an area that was open, like in the middle of the forest, and then he drew a circle around himself, like Choni Ma'agel or, or Chavakuk, right? So he drew a circle around himself, and he davened to himself. The guy could not hear what the Chavetz Chaim was saying, and he was too scared to go forward. That would have been too scared. He guys thought it would be hit by lightning. At the end, he heard him say out loud, I'm not leaving this circle until you fulfill my request. And he stood there. It took around an hour, but then the Chavetz Chaim left the circle and began to walk home. That is awesome. We all know the story of the Rebbe Kiva Eger. Rebbe Kiva Eger was once given a, a, sent a letter by his son, Reb Shlomo Eger, the Gilion Marsha, not the Marsha, the Gilion Marsha, the back of the Gemara. He sent the letter, and the letter said, please daven for, I'm making up a name, but Rachel Basara. Please daven for Rachel Basara. So the Rebbe Kiva Eger sent the letter back, and he said, I daven for her, and it didn't work. Please check the name. They checked the name. It turned out it wasn't Rachel Basara. It was Sarah Bas Rachel. They sent it back. And Rabbi Kiva Eger said, I davened, and Baruch Hashem, she should get better soon. That is awesome. <laughs> that is unbelievable. You need a laymore? You need a laymore to say it? The Mayana Shel Torah says because of that, what, Moshe Rabbeinu needed Hashem to answer his tefillahs? He couldn't tell? We have a Mishnah. It's in Brachos, Daflamid Dalit, where Rabbi Hanina ben Doso was able to tell when somebody was going to live or die. If the tefillah was shkura b'thiv, then he knew they were going to live. And if it wasn't, then he knew they were going to die. If Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, who lives around the first, uh, maybe the beginning of the turn of the, you know, of zero, one, two, three of the common era, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe around Shmai and Aftalion. If Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa was able to tell when a person was going to live or die, you don't think Moshe Rabbeinu would, able to, would be able to know if his tefillah was answered or not? Why would he have to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for such a thing? Why would that be? The answer is, because normally what would Moshe Rabbeinu have done? He would have davened a normal tefillah. But because his sister was in pain, what did he do? He davened a short tefillah. He wasn't sure if this short tefillah was going to be enough. So he said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I davened really short and I know I did. If it's not enough, tell me so that I'll daven my normal tefillah. Isn't that brilliant? And that's the pshat. And he did that, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, that's enough, but it's not going to work. Right? It is enough, but it's not going to work. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lamor, to be able to get an answer, even though it was like that. It's more, the Chidah says that Moshe Rabbeinu was related to Miriam. So normally, you know if your tefillah is answered or not by knowing if it's Shgura Befiv. If it flows out of your mouth, then you'll know it's there or not. But he wasn't able to tell because he was concentrating extra hard to be able to save his sister or because a relative, you might be whatever it is. But of course, normally Moshe Rabbeinu would be able to tell. And that's why normally he never asked for this. I know Rashi mentions the other three times. And maybe that's because he needed an immediate response to know what to do afterward. But that's the idea behind it. He wanted to know what would be better. What would be the best thing over here? And that's why he asked for it. Dave, yeah. Can you go to the thing about the, whether or not the feeling flows or doesn't flow? Like, I heard something about that it was Ashrei. Like whether Ashrei flows or doesn't yeah, listen, I don't know, but I will tell you a story. One time, I needed something from a great Rav. And I went to that Rav, and I asked him, you know, what he thought about this certain, and he told me, you need to get rid of an Ayin Hara. So I said, okay, fine. 
So he pulled out the chidah's ayin hari, wanted me and my wife to both come. My wife wasn't there yet. She was coming, but I was right there. So he decided he was going to do this not too long ago. Those who know this story, you know, it has to do with my house, my old house, right? So he pulled it out, and he started saying the ayin hara thing. After he finished, he said, it's not an issue with you. He said, I didn't think it was an issue with you. I'm like, I do an ayin hara thing every day, and plus, you know, whatever. But he said, it's not an issue with you. He pulled out when my wife came in. He went ahead and he started reading through the thing. And after he, he finished, he turned to me and he said, did you hear that? And I said, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he turned to me, he's like, it wasn't shkura b'fi. There's something here, so we'll, let's try it one more time. And he tried it the second time and he said, much better. Real story. And this is not a crazy makobal. This is a normal, I don't want to say normal because nobody's normal, you know, you know this thing. This is a rub in our community. In our community, who actually normal did this. Makobal. A normal makobal, right? Normal makobal, right? But he didn't do it as a kabbal. I wasn't asking for a kabbalistic thing, but this is 100%. So do I fully understand it? No. But shkura b'fi is something where you know how you daven, and if you understand how you daven, if one time your davening feels a little bit clearer, cleaner, seems like it's flowing really well, then that's that. But I do think I did a really good job of pretending to realize when I was like, oh, just... <laughs> I think I did really well on that one. I have absolutely no idea, but I think I think I got that one. I think he was convinced. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Paul? I was gonna say, why is it that we never see it here in Davos for ourselves or as well? So that already is an interesting question, but we say it's it's based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin Sadi Hay Ahmed Aleph, where Davin Amelech was almost killed by Yishbi Benov, this huge giant, the brother of Goliath. And the Gemara says, Why didn't Davin Amelech Davin for himself? And it says, Ain Chavash Matir Surin. A person who's in jail can't get himself out of jail. If you're already captured, it's too late. Somebody else has to daven for you. You have to daven beforehand. It's not only that. Those who know the Gemara in Brachos, with the Yisurin of Rabbi Yochan or Rabbi Elazar, the Gemara says, why didn't they just daven for themselves? And the answer is, because so it's a great question. But it seems like once you're there, you can prevent it. But once you're there, it's easier for somebody else to do it than yourself. That doesn't mean you shouldn't daven. But it might be quicker and more expedient to be able to ask somebody else to daven for you. Yeah, someone. Yeah, for sure, without a question. And not only that, like, maybe if a seaboard is different, but again, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. Nobody can defeat Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillahs, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's so powerful that a Kaddish Baruch Hu asked them to be able to stop. So that's the idea behind it. Um, he says the following, and there's another line in this. Remeira Parmeshalon asked on that Mishnah, Brachos, with Reb Chanir Medosa, was able to tell whether they're going to live or die. Listen, if you know the person's going to live, that's great. You go up to him, you're like, you're going to live. And, ah, yeah, that's amazing. But why would he tell them if they were going to die? The Mishnah says, Rechini Medosa would know between the two, and he would tell them if they were going to live or die. Bad idea. That's not something you want to tell somebody. Why would he tell somebody that? Why wouldn't he keep it to himself? That's the question he asked. What a great question. I never thought of that question. I've done this Mishnah a hundred times. Never thought of that question. He answers, Rabbi Chanina never said this out loud. He says, but when he knew that person was decreed to die, listen to this, he would find a Russia to take that person's place. And he would daven for the decree to be switched to that Russia. Shlomo Melech says in Mishlei, Perak Yud Aleph Pasuches, the Yavo Russia Tachtov. A Russia should be brought instead of him. Thus, Zechai, the Jew, Vizemes, the Russia. That's what was going to happen over here. Remer himself would do this all the time to save Jewish lives. He would daven to do like such a thing. The gladiator, thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs down. No, it's different. I mean, again, but, it, but the thumbs down is, the thumbs down is, no, <laughs> thumbs down, 
for someone else. But this guy I'm going to try to get to live. In a way, in a way to exchange for one another. Yeah, to make an exchange, to be able to put the sins, so to speak, on something else. Basically, Shai says, we see the name Kel being used for good. As we mentioned before, Chesed Kel Kolayom in Perak Nun, right? And for bad, Kel Zoeim Bechoyom. Kel Zoeim Bechoyom, a Kaddish Baruch who is, so to speak, angry every single day. Perhaps he used this name Kel for that reason. And again, this answers Shlomo's question before. Why Kel over Yudke Vavke? To try to switch the din to a kapara for her to be healed immediately. And this answer could be even more. The kovei Hashem yachlifu koach. Those who hope to God, they exchange strength. It could be even more so. Those who hope to God will be exchanged through their koach, that they won't get sick because other people will take their place. In some way, that's there. Those who know the famous idea behind so the Asaru Gemalchus, the yeah, that, that, some, but they deserve the Xer because something they did, but it could be switched if the person does tshuva, that there's a way of doing it. If you know that famous medrash about the Asaru Gemalchus where it says that the Asaru Gemalchus actually never happened, you ever hear that the Ten Martyrs never happened? They exchanged with the Roman emperors that were trying to kill them, so the Roman emperors ended up becoming the souls of the Tzadikim, the Tzadikim's bodies had the souls of the Roman emperors. When they died, it's the Roman emperors that died, but not the Jewish Tzadikim. It's this is the concept. I don't know if it's exactly that, but this is the concept of being able to exchange and take on something else in order to go through. I have one more piece over here, but I'm not going to be able to get to it, unfortunately. It's an unbelievable piece. I'm going to read it through really quickly, but then I'm going to go through a slower version a little bit later. The Vilna Gaon quotes the Zohar that Moshe Rabbeinu knew that if you say the word na two times in your tefillos, it will be accepted automatically. It's possible this was given to him by the Malachim when he went to Shemayim and paid Testament Aleph. Maybe that was given over to him that na twice in your tefillah will work no matter what. That's why he said the word twice over here. In Parshas Vashanon, he said, Ebra na ve'era eh. He was about to say na. And Hashem said, do not say this dover. Don't say na twice. Because if you do, I'm going to have to let you in. And that's not good for Kval Yisrael. Isn't that unbelievable? That's what he says. The Chidah says, Nachotumi, he said, you heard this as well, because Na is the Gematria of 102, which is the Gematria of Michoel plus the Kol, because he, he brings the Tfilos up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu itself. The Panim Yafo says, it's possible that Tfilah owes a Mechza. Do you know this? Tfilah only does half. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu Davin for Aaron's four kids to live, right? Na died, but Allah Zerani Tamar lived, because Tfilah owes a Mechza. Tfilah only does half. It's only able to do half. So maybe if you say Na twice, you get the whole thing. So you have to say no twice in your tefillah. That's what the Vilna Gaon says. That's what he was able to do. I'm going to end with this. Stop so far. That's only for Rafu, though. That's not for only for Rafu. Wait, okay. wait, yeah. See What's the other half? Um, uh, the other half is through the tefillah, meaning another part to the tefillah, the no and the no in some way, shape, or form. Listen, Ksav Sofer says, the truth is that any sickness that a person receives is good for that person. You know why it's good for that person? Because his soul is continuously healed by those sicknesses in the body. So therefore, you get your punishment in this world, and you don't get it in... The next world. So why do you bother go to a doctor? Why go to a doctor? Right? If you go to a doctor that gives that that allows you to be healed, which means your soul is going to be punished in Olam Abba. So here's the Pshat. Because the Torah gives us Rishus to go to a doctor. Rapo Yurape, Mikan Nitin Rishus Larovilarapos. You're given permission to go to a doctor, but really that's a bad thing. So that's why we dive in for Rafua Shlema. Rafuas Hanefesh Urafuas Aguf. Because if you just said Rafuas Aguf, then your soul is going to be punished in Olam Abba. But if you dive for Rafu and Nefesh and Rafu Asagup, that's different. Rafu Ainu Hashem, Vene Rafe. We want our body to be healed as well as our soul so we don't have to have anything whatsoever. That may be why Moshe Rabbeinu Davin twice. Kel Na, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu take care of the spiritual part of Miriam so she doesn't have to be punished in Olam Abba. And if that's good, then Rathan Allah, heal her in Olam Hazah as well. And that's what he means by the two nuz. The two nuz stand for both parts, and that's the idea of the physical healing and the spiritual healing, which I won't be able to see. That's why he asked for Hashem to tell him if she was healed or not. The Lamor. Why ask for it over here? According to the Ksav Sofer, it answers everything. Because he needed to know, was her spiritual healing done? And if not, then don't heal her body, because this is better for her in this world than the next world. An unbelievable Ksav Sofer kind of like puts everything in this whole thing together and then says it like absolutely an unbelievable Ksav Sofer. All right, guys, we'll stop with that. Heavy, great Shabbos.